0: welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is Sarah Hardunger, and this is the podcast where we discuss all things planning and planning adjacent. And this is going to be the penultimate episode of this season before we adjourn for a month-long break. So I thought I would just come at you with some personal stuff, how life is going, my current goals, as well as solicit some questions for the grand finale episode of the summer, which will be next week. I would love you via Instagram to join in and basically answer my call to ask me anything. I will post a little question on my shoebox plans stories, and you can ask me anything. It can be planning related. It can be totally random. You already know my Enneagram number and my Myers-Briggs probably, or if you don't, you can include those. Uh, But really, you can ask me anything, and I thought it would be fun to just do kind of a rapid fire answer to many of your questions. So you can just get to know me a little bit better before the end of the season. And I cannot wait to bring you the fabulous content I have planned for the fall and kind of the opening of back to school, which I see in August. But right now it is mid June. You may hear some thunderstorming in the background as it's a very rainy day in South Florida. And I am sitting here thinking about my mid-year goals now, you guys know I plan years goals for the year, and I come up with a whole list in different areas of my life. I try to think about goals for each quintile of the year. I like to look per month by pulling out goals for the quintile, plus looking at any events that are coming up ahead. From that, I pull my weekly goals, and then from that, I pull my daily goals. I have said before, this is the only way I'm not totally overwhelmed by all the things I want to do in this short time I have on this planet, is by really being conscious of how many things I can actually put on my plate for any given time frame. And that's why I do things this way rather than having some giant lists. It's why I really like to have a time-based framework. And while i have already about to embark on uh, quintile number three, and I did a whole episode on summer, I think two episodes ago, it's also a wonderful time of year to think about Mid-year, am I making progress towards the goal that I set out for myself at the beginning of the year? Now, one thing you can do is to assess whether the goals that you've chosen for the year are still the right goals for you. Another thing you can do is to see if you are making progress in the way that you want to and whether there's anything that you want to do to try to speed up your progress towards certain goals. And then finally, you might think about whether you want to add some new goal that's come up. Maybe a child has a new diagnosis and now you want to focus on figuring out how to help them. And you had no idea that that was going to be a goal when the year started, but now you feel like it's important enough to become one of your big yearly goals. So instead of you know, going completely in the abstract, I'm actually going to go through some of my goals with you just so you can see how I think about this. But first, I want to mention that this takes time and I highly encourage you, as this is airing, it is going to be June 21st. So there are, you know, still several days left in uh, before the midway point of the year. And of course, early July would still work too. If you have time, schedule a few hours to do this. If you have a whole day, then that's even better to really contemplate how things are going. Maybe you pair it with some relaxing rituals or just things you really want to do. Or maybe it's just a couple hours uh, in the early morning or after the kids go to bed, if if that fits your lifestyle. Whatever it is, you do need to plan it out. And ideally, you're going to put it into your planner, whichever system you are using, digital or paper. So you can also use all different types of tools to keep track of your goals. I'm currently playing with a new Cultivate What Matters journal, so I am going to be putting my goals for the rest of the year into a new six-month Cultivate system just because it's so pretty and kind of motivating to me. You could also be organizing your physical papers. I recently attended a really fun planning day through Organize 365, and I'm more motivated to get my papers in a better type of control. Or you could do something really simple, like open a new section of a bullet journal, or a ring or discount system, and just write down what you think you want. And then finally, mid-year is a really nice point to audit any kind of digital collection systems you may have. For me, that meant taking a minute to go through my Apple Notes. I, As you know, I go through my email every single week to try to get to inbox zero, and to review the one kind of pending folder I have for work. But my Apple Notes, I don't have a really great ritual for calling that, and so it can get a little out of control. So I took mid-year to go through. I deleted a bunch of notes that I really don't need anymore, cleaned it up, made sure that a lot of the on-the-go stuff I made was filed in the right place, et cetera. Mid-year and the end of year seem like a really nice time to do that. So while I haven't transferred anything into my Cultivate journal yet, and that is kind of on the docket for this coming week, I did take some time partially in preparation for a podcast episode on best of both worlds that I did with my co-host to write down my mid-year goals in the four quadrants in which I think of them. And now I'm going to take you on a mini tour through specifically what I decided to look at with my goals, what's been accomplished, what I'm going to add in, etc. Okay. So as I mentioned, I just have a simple paper document and I'm happy to share this. I'll share this in the show notes. And I have four areas of my life in which I made up my yearly goals. In fact, I actually published four blog posts on my blog, the shoebox.com, detailing what these goals were in these different areas. I was kind of feeling scattered at, at the end of 2020, as one does, <laughs> having gone through a lot of kind of traumatic things around that time, have our family having COVID, et cetera. So instead of one long post, I decided to divide it up into these four areas. But these four areas are where I tend to categorize my goals anyway, so it kind of made sense. The first area is family. And I count in family anything that has to do with either my children or my extended family or my husband. So some people might have separate categories for their partner, but I've decided to lump them all together into family. My goals that I had identified for 2021 were to try to do a date night or weekend per quarter and to try to have conversations with my husband two evenings per week, to have mommy days with each kid, to potty train my third child, to take some walks with my oldest daughter when the opportunity arose, to work on estate planning to continue to work on trying to keep all of our savings to at least 20% of gross income, and finally experimenting with some different techniques for our family dinners. And so I went through one by one and wrote how I was doing with these different things. Since I decided to give you guys specifics, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you how I did. For our date nights, we have done okay. We did not do one, I don't think, in every single quintile, but my husband and I did get away during Quintile for two, Quintile two for two nights, and it really was incredibly restful and rejuvenating. It also wasn't too disruptive to the kids' schedule, as uh, we do have a nanny and we had her stay over on Wednesday and Thursday night. Actually, I take that back. I think she took the kids to her house on those nights, but she lives nearby, so it was easy for her to take them to school. This meant she didn't have to lose any of her weekend time, and she was able to, you know, earn a little bit of extra cash. While sleeping. So it worked out for all of us. So uh, that was really wonderful. And I plan on doing that again. I'm hoping to arrange something in the fall. And then I'm thinking I may accompany my husband to a conference if he's able to go to it. We'll see, COVID permitting in the late fall. And then that would serve as that kind of date weekend. My second goal in this area was to spend two evenings per week actually conversing with my husband. Now that sounds really like a low bar. But my kids are at an age where bedtime has been a struggle and I'm tired. And a lot of times there just isn't a lot of quality time in the evenings for us. So I don't know. I feel like we're making slow progress towards this goal. We have streamlined bedtime a bit after some focused attention to that area. So it gives me hope that when you really pay attention to a certain time of day that maybe isn't going very well and pay attention really detailed to what could make it better, whether it's small incentives or really specific time cues, maybe you play certain music when you want something to happen, that you actually can improve it. So I'd say this is a work in progress. The third thing I wanted in this category was to do mommy days or parenting days individually with each child. And I did accomplish this in March. It was really, really nice. And I did take pictures so I can remind the kids that we do get to spend some one-on-one time together. I'd love to do it more than once a year, but for right now, once a year seems good. Potty training my three-year-old did happen. I can fully check that off the list. Sometimes it's nice to have things that are inevitably going to happen and come true. So I guess I can feel accomplished even though it's not exactly earth shattering that my three-year-old learned to use the toilet. Estate planning was on this list and that has been perennially present on my family list for a few years now. So this item perhaps demonstrates that I am absolutely imperfect when it comes to meeting my goals. I'm not able to do them all, and I don't think anyone is. We did start this process, and I went so far as to print out the documents we need to talk about to move forward on this plan. I even had some fantasies of addressing it while we were on our date weekend, but then decided that that probably wasn't the best way to spend our hard-earned time together. So that is still on the list. The next item on the list is our savings. For the last several years, we've tried to pay a lot more attention to this, trying to put away 20% or greater of our gross income towards savings. That's actually pretty challenging for us because of course we have to pay a good amount of taxes, which is completely appropriate. And I think we've been able to meet this goal so far this year, but it's something I want to keep paying attention to and perhaps even up the ante to 25%. And by the way, when I say savings, I mean retirement savings. I don't count 529 savings in this category. I don't count short-term savings like for a new car in this category or anything like that. This is just savings for our future and eventual retirement. There are other savings buckets, of course, but again, they don't count here. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code, PLANS50, to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no-mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from protein plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com plans50 and use code plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code plans50, P-L-A-N-S 50 at factormeals.com plans50 to get 50% off your first box Plus, 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane, and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. We are now well into spring, and there's no better time to shop for beautiful cotton sweaters that can take us right into the next season. And definitely take a look at their dresses. They have so many pretty ones. I'm obsessed with the day dress. It's so classic and versatile. Plus, everything in their collection is designed so intentionally that you can style pieces together without a second thought. All of their sweaters and tops pair with jeans, work pants, and more, and can be styled to fit practically any occasion. Find your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J E N dot Promo code PLANS. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And finally, the last thing was dinners and to try to use some more cookbooks and try some different methods. And as you guys have heard me talk about our sponsor, PrepDish, I really have enjoyed using their meal plans to introduce some more variety. I don't use them every single week, but I think they're actually a great resource and I'm going to continue enjoy experimenting with that, as well as some new cookbooks that I've gotten in the coming months. So I'd call this one also a moderately successful work in progress. All right, the next area, so that was family and encompassed all kinds of household goals and kid goals and husband goals. And my next category that I have to add in there is the blog and the podcast. This is separate from my actual work goals, which I'll talk about in a little bit, although I'm going to be a little more brief with those because I'm not sure anybody cares as much. But for my blog and podcast, they are kind of my, I don't know, pet side projects slash hobby slash mini job. I don't even know what to call it anymore, but it is a labor of love. And I want to continue to make those ventures grow. So I set a goal of getting to 2,500 newsletter subscribers. If you are not a subscriber to my newsletter, just go to my blog, theshoebox.com, and there should be a window asking you to pop up. I only publish monthly, and I hope the content is fun. A lot of times it's just links to things I found that are cool, and some posts that I've written, and maybe a couple photos. I will not spam your inbox with you know solicitations for anything or anything more frequently than once a month, or at least there's no plan to do so. I also wanted to, so I'd say I'm moving towards success with that. I'm, my goal was 2,500 subscribers and I think I'm up to like 21 something. So hopefully that will continue to happen. Although I don't feel like I have a ton of power over whether that goal comes true or not. The second item under blog and pod was to block off show note writing time, which I have been better about What I need to, this was a nice reminder to continue to do so and actually put in my planner when I want to brainstorm things for the next best laid plans or best of both worlds episode. The third item was a better organization process for questions, which I definitely feel like I have now. I use my Apple notes in an organized way and I tend to sort them out by month and I've gotten rid of old questions, which used to kind of pile up and make things more confusing. So I feel like I can check that one off the list. To continue to obtain some great sponsors for this show, again, not a goal I feel like I have tons of control over, but I do have some amazing ones lined up and I love the ones I've had so far. So I think I would consider that a success because at the beginning of the year, I don't think I had any. And then finally, to put together a best laid plans highlight ebook as either a bonus or a very low cost thing that you could purchase on my site. I have not decided whether I'm going to continue to move forward with that this year, but honestly, I had forgot that I had even thought about it, so I'm glad I looked at this list. All right, that's category number two. As you can see, there's kind of a theme. I feel like about one-third of my goals I've completed at this halfway point. One-third of them are in progress, and one-third are kind of like a big question mark as to whether I even feel like I need to continue. The third category is personal goals. The first thing on this list was a personal retreat once per quarter. I did do it for my birthday and I think I did it in March. I have one day scheduled in July and I'm going to schedule one in the fall. So I'm glad. Again, I'm glad I have this reminder because I didn't schedule them out for the entire calendar year. I guess I could have, but this is a reminder to go ahead and schedule them for the last half of the year screen time to work on really lowering that and break my Instagram habit, I would call that a success. I've actually been really happy that I have spent a lot less time in what I would call mindless scroll mode. Do I sometimes do it just for comfort? Yes, but much less frequently than I used to. And in fact, when I find myself stressed and really, really wanting to watch something instead of just scrolling Instagram, I've taken to watching the Amanda's Favorites planner review videos, which. For some reason, I find a lot less jarring than looking at a bunch of Instagram stories, perhaps because I'm focused on one certain type of content and not just looking at a highlight reel of many, many people's lives, which invites comparison and all sorts of mixed up feelings that I may not really need at that certain moment. Whatever the reason, I I feel like I have made a lot of progress towards being more mindful about screen time, and I'm very happy about that. I had a goal to continue with daily headspace and Duolingo use. I wouldn't say daily, but I do both of those regularly. So I'd consider that a success thus far. I had a goal to set up three playdates with different families. I think this was on the personal list because my goal was really to make friends with the parents rather than enrich my children's lives in some fashion. And I've done two. So I feel like this is an in-progress one. I had a goal to complete the 100-day home organization program from Organize 365, and I think I'm on day 27 out of 100, which is not great because we're halfway through the year, but 27 is better than zero, and I do feel like my momentum is building, so we'll call that one an in-progress tentative. Then I had a goal to go outside for at least 20 minutes a day most days, and I feel like I do meet that goal to read every day, and I absolutely meet that goal. And I had some fitness goals, which were initially to follow a certain running training program, but I pivoted to another one, but I still feel like I'm meeting my fitness goals of staying active most days. All right. That was the third category. I hope you're not getting too tired of listening to goals yet. I could listen to other people talk about their goals all day long. So I know there's probably at least someone out there like me who enjoys hearing this. (laughs) If not, feel free to wait till next week. All right. The last category is work. And this is where I get a little bit more vague because I don't want to talk about the nitty gritty details of my job, but I had a goal to move forward with two resident related projects. And I feel like I am kind of at the halfway point, messy middle of both of these, but I've made some considerable projects. Progress. Wow. I can't say those two words. One of them is a retrospective research study, and we have gotten our IRB exemption, which took a lot of work. So I would say that's, great. And the other one is a project we secured funding for to do a program for our residents. So that's exciting too. So I would say that's an in-progress thing. I also had a goal to work on my teaching style for my residents. I think I do a pretty good job. I think I could do even better. I would call this an in-progress. I always struggle with balancing getting all of my patients seen in time and getting my notes done and keeping the day running smoothly with taking extra time to teach. So this is still something I am working on. I wanted to go to at least one meeting and I did attend a virtual meeting. Although upon attending said meeting, I've decided I don't wanna go to any more virtual meetings. (laughs) And then finally, I wanted to work on incorporating the method of time block planning into some of my work days. I don't know if I still want to do that. I know that Cal Newport would suggest that I do so. However, I tend to do pretty well with the more holistic list-based reactive method that he doesn't like so much. And maybe because mine is not super reactive, I'll have a number like three or four things that I really want to get done and four hours in which to do it. And I'll just decide which thing I want to do first and get through all four. So I guess it's kind of a hybrid. I'm not like checking my email and looking for the next thing to do, but I'm also not necessarily saying, oh, I have to do task one between 1 p.m. and 2.30 and task two between 2.30 and 3.27 or something like that. It's a little bit more vague, but I do have a deadline in my mind of when I want to be done with. With things. So I do have a constrained workday, which I think does help. Anyway, I don't know that I need to keep that on my list. I feel like my methods work pretty well. I was just inspired by some of his teachings and thought about trying it. But the few times I've tried it, I found it a little bit stressful and I don't like having to revise my plan, which is what he suggests when things go awry. So I think I'll keep it looser. So that was the four sections of things, family blog and podcast, personal and work. And that was every single goal I had named for myself at the beginning of 2021 that I wanted to work on for the year. And it was really useful because honestly I had forgotten about some of these goals. They hadn't made their way into my quintile goals. They hadn't made their way into my monthly goals. And this helped me to reprioritize going forward what I want to continue to work on as well as think about some things that I'm happy to cross off the list without accomplishing. That's not a failure by the way. That's completely okay and warranted. Our goals can change. These lists are to help us, not to trap us in some kind of box. I decided I wanted to add into my list of year-long goals to start planning family travel for 2022. This is something I'm very excited about, and I also need to plan my call schedule around, so this is necessary. I want to continue to work on some family routine trouble spots with the kids since we've had some success with bedtime and getting ready for school. What are some other times of day I would like to work on? And finally, I did have a child, as I mentioned above with my example that got a little bit of a new diagnosis this year, nothing terrible, don't worry, something very manageable, then I wanna learn more about how to deal with effectively. And so that is a goal that has placed itself squarely on the priority side of my family list. And that is my process. I do plan on putting these in a kind of reflective, neat way into my Cultivate What Matters system because it will help me to break the ones that I want to continue doing down into steps and see them in a visual fashion. So I'm going to enjoy doing that. But that's certainly only one way to do things. You could just have a list that you look at. You could tape it on your wall. You could have it in an electronic system. Like You could have a card for each of these on Trello or use Apple Notes or something like that. There is absolutely no one right way, but I think that most people could benefit from reassessing their goals and looking at them in general. And yearly is great, but a year is a really long time. So if you're not doing shorter periods of time, at least consider doing some kind of mid-year check-in with your yearly goals. I have a feeling you will not regret it. And there may be some things you can already cross off your list, which feels amazing. So that is our episode for today, a deep dive into a mid-year goals review and including a deep dive into my actual goals. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, I will be doing a fun ask me anything adventure during the next episode. You can send me an audio question if you'd like using the speak pipe icon that I will include in this week's show notes, or just tune into my Instagram. Look at the stories for at shoebox underscore plans. I've taken a long Instagram break, but I'm going to jump back on to solicit your questions. So hopefully you will have some fun ones for me for the episode next week. Have a wonderful week. And let me know if you do a mid-year goals check-in, how you do it and how it went. Thank you so much. And I'll see you next Monday. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.